Hello, everybody. My name is Josh Tyler. I'm the National College Advisory Program Director for Rush Soccer. And this episode of Cap Chat is incredibly special. I had the opportunity to sit down with Clint Dempsey in St. Louis, Missouri at the Rush Select Hub. The hub is where we take our best players from across the country in four regions, and they come together and play to one weekend. We sat down and talked with Clint about what his journey was to go pro and to become one of the best players in the United States men's history. Today's episode is brought to you by Park Place Java. Head over to parkplacejava.com and you can get a subscription to coffee and you never have to run out of coffee again. Guys, you're going to love this episode. This is CapChat. How's everyone doing? Good. Clint Dempsey, everyone. What's up? How's everybody doing? So thanks for taking the time. I'm going to embarrass you just a little bit and tell your stats. I don't think you guys realize quite how cool Clint Dempsey really is, so we're going to go over this for you. Um, So ESPN, Fox Sports, and NBC Sports rank Clint as the greatest men's American soccer player in history. That's pretty good. His career played for the New England Revolution, Fulham, Tottenham, and the Seattle Sounders. Three-time USA Soccer Athlete of the Year. Four-time MLS All-Star. CONCACAF Team of the Decade. 140 and uh, 57 international goals tied with Landon Donovan for the most of all time. And if you caught the uh, game on Tuesday just announced as a Hall of Fame finalist for the class of 2022 in this first year of eligibility. Thank you, thank you. So that is incredible. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time uh, to be here. No, thanks for having me. I should have probably wore some pants. It's a little cold here, so yeah. <laughs> didn't know about all that. <laughs> it was decent yesterday. It gets colder and colder here. All right. So let's look ahead then. So we're going to assume, you get, say you get inducted in the Hall of Fame. The ceremony is in Dallas, Texas, and you drove two and a half hours, three or four times a week to train in Dallas, Texas. What would it feel like to go back home and get that, have the ceremony there in your... I mean, it'd be really cool. It'd be like full circle, like you said. Um, it was like three hours, but if you drove fast, you can get there probably two hours, 45 minutes to go one way and back. Um, we didn't go three times a week. At, at most, we'd probably go like twice a week, like yeah. every like Wednesday and then we go on the weekend on, on Saturday. But, yeah, that, that driving up and down the road starts to add up. But it's kind of like when you're from a rural area, you got to go wherever the best coaching is. And for me, that's where the best coaching was. So it was a big sacrifice to make by my parents. So to be able to thank them on that kind of stage would be a, a dream come true. That's, yeah, that's cool. So two and a half hours. Yeah. So the town you grew up in, I'm going to butcher it. I've actually practiced it, and I'm still going to butcher it. I'm going to let you say the town you grew up in. Nacogdoches. Nacogdoches. It's the oldest Nac- town. You can just say Nac Town. Is someone from this town? Someone cheered over there. <laughs> it's the oldest town in Texas is what they claim. That's right. So small town That's around right. 30,000. So grew up in a small town there. At what point do you, do you remember saying, I want to be a professional soccer player? To be honest, growing up when I was in Nacogdoches, before I was making that, that trip, uh, the trips up to Dallas, 
I really didn't have a dream of becoming a professional soccer player because I didn't really see that on TV. Um, we didn't really get a lot of games, but there was like these VHS tapes and you can see like <laughs> international play. Kids, y'all probably even don't even know what that is these days. We may have to explain. Basically, explain what something looks like a brick you put into a VCR <laughs> and it, something comes on the TV. Uh, so my first, I was seeing like international plays. So watching just different countries playing the World Cup and seeing how passionate the fans were and, and be, me being so passionate about that game, I like gravitated towards that. So that was kind of the dream. It wasn't until... 1994 when we had the the World Cup in, in the U.S. and like them having an MLS league after that you're like oh wow this is a domestic league that's professional you know this maybe could be a possibility so it wasn't until like you know around like 1995 something like that you are, you started to dream a little bit about you know the possibility of, of growing pro but when I first started going club at the time I mean I know the landscape changes a little bit as you know kids nowadays they can go pro earlier but the vision was always try to try to go to college and try to get a scholarship try to help my my parents you know we didn't have a college fund so it was kind of like all our eggs are in one basket doing the club thing hoping that it'd work out so it ended up working out me getting a scholarship to Furman University and and as you go through that process you start to believe more and more that maybe it might be a possibility that you could go pro and yeah. it's not until like each step you reach you're like, all right, well, then what's the next step? You don't get, like, complacent. You're always trying to say, all right, I made it to college. I'm trying to make it pro. All right, I made it pro in, in the States, and I'm trying to make it pro in Europe or wherever you dream about playing. All right, I'm trying to play it made on the national team. Now I'm trying to play in the World Cup. So, like, as you get to each step, your dreams get bigger and you keep pushing. That's, I think, a, a great point for everyone here is, like, talking about don't get complacent because you're here and there's always the next there's – always, there's always something more um, – do you, was there a moment, because you, you said each step, was there a moment, and maybe it wasn't until you hit college, when you go, you know, I, I'm good enough. Because, you know, every kid wants to, you know, if you get paid to yeah. play a sport you love, but yeah. what, what was the moment you said, I, I think I'm good enough? Like, this is, this is a reality beyond college. I think when you start seeing some of the peers that you played with are, you know, they're starting to go pro or they're starting to do it or people that have been on teams that you've been on or you've got an opportunity to play pickup with certain people and be around certain things that you start to say, oh, there might be a chance here. And when you have something that's kind of close to you, it makes you think it's attainable. It's, it's just when you're like so far away, out in the boondocks, living in the country, it might seem kind of hard. But when you kind of get closer to, to being around that level that you want to get to, then you start thinking, hey, man, this might can work out. So it's just important to have that belief and, 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 and to try to like put yourself in situations to be around the best competition possible, to push you and get, get around those type of environments that can, like, help you start to believe in. Yeah. Yeah, that, man, that's cool. Um, so you, you played everywhere uh, internationally, and I, I want to kind of preempt this question. What kind of, is there a common trait you see with high-level players? And I guess let me give an example is if you ever listen to high-level women's players, they always say they either had older brothers or they played up with the boys. Is there anything like that that you, you kind of see this common trait with high-level players? I mean, I think it's always to keep pushing yourself. So if you're playing around the, the kids that are your age and, and you start to become one of the best kind of in, 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 like, your little, your little city, it's like, well, I'm trying to be the best in my state. And then if you're the best in your state, well, then, like, I'm trying to be the best in my region. Or I, if, I'm, if this is the best that's around me and I'm at a, operating at a high level, well, then I'm going to try to play up. I mean, you just got to always be trying to push yourself 
to, you don't want to be somewhere where you're feeling like you're always the top dog. I think it's important to kind of say, all right, if I'm the top dog, let me go somewhere where it's a little bit more uncomfortable and, and, and be trying to chase something instead of everybody chasing me. So I think that's kind of having that kind of mindset, always kind of pushing yourself and being around those type of situations that you're feeling like you're getting better. I think it's easy for people to get complacent and be like, okay, I got it made. I got this kind of figured out. I'm like the big person in, in, in yeah. my city or in my state. Like you got to start thinking, what are these other kids around here doing? And like, what, what scale are you looking at things? Are you trying to just go MLS? Are you trying to just go college? Like, what are all these kids doing to try to get to that next level? And then if you're trying to get like to these big clubs in Europe, it's like, what are these kids around the world doing? It's like, when you got free time, you got to think, man, am I watching games? Am I studying film? Am I looking after my body? Am I figuring out ways to get stronger? I mean, you just got to always be trying to think of what's that little edge that's going to give you that confidence to, to, to do something great. How much time were you spending off? Because you said you got, you got to do stuff at home. So obviously yeah. you can't, you know, if you're only driving to you know, Dallas a couple times yeah. a week, what, what were you doing outside of that? Like, was it just nonstop for you? Or, I mean, well, it, it'd be like, I think there's a balance of everything. Like, you have to take care of your body. Doing too much can actually, actually be a detriment if, if you're not doing the right things. Got to look, you know, it can take a toll on your body, but it's like, how are you mixing it up? Like in your off days. So if you're not doing like agility and stuff like that, well, like, okay, I'm working on the ladder. I'm working on fast feet. I'm working on my skills. If I'm not feeling like in training, I'm getting enough of that. Well, then I need to be doing this on maybe the, the, the off day or something like that. Or am I watching film? That's a way I can still get sharp by seeing what players that, that play the game the way I love the game to be played. And I think that's really the biggest thing of all is finding out why you love the game. Because that's what's going to make you happy and want you to keep doing this. If you're just out there kind of playing like, man, I just like soccer or I just like going out there and playing. I think you need to find like, man, I love it. and I love it because of this. And like my thing was is I love taking people on. I love scoring goals. I love getting assists. I was an attacking player. But if you're a defender, I love breaking down, breaking up plays. I like being someone who keeps possession and is comfortable building out of the back. Am I a midfielder? Am I someone who can find passes and has good vision around the field? Also is getting stuck in, being, being like the engine of the team. You just got to figure out what is the style that you love and, and why, you play, why are you playing it because that's what's going to give you success in the long run is, is having something that, that keeps you passionate. Hmm. Is, is there a baseline skill that you think every, every high-level like high player has to have? Because like, you said you know, every position is going to be a little different. Yeah. Is there something you say, you have to be able to do this? I mean, you have to have a good first touch. It's going to give you more in time and space. Uh, you have to be able to have a good first touch with both feet. You have to be comfortable to pass with both feet. Because, you know, you never know. You might be right-footed and you roll your ankle. <laughs> Guess what? You're going to have to learn to use your left foot a little bit more. And the, the more that you kind of have to your arsenal, the more dangerous person you're going to be. Someone can't say, all right, I got them. I'm going to take away them from going to the right. Or I got them. I'm going to take away them going from the left. You just got to work on kind of like having that good first touch create more time and space for yourself, being able to, like, give other people good passes too. I think that's an important thing is reading the game and say, do they have space in front of them? Well, then I'm going to lead them. I'm going to lead it to their front foot. Or is there a person on this side of their body? I need to play it on this side of the body to give them the best opportunity to keep possession here. So it's just like these little nuances, but definitely first touch, being comfortable with the ball, especially if you're a field player because that's what you're doing most of the time is you're playing with your feet. Yeah. And all stuff they can work on at home on their own. Oh, exactly. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, so what's the biggest difference that you see with, say, the U.S. game versus the international game? The U.S. game in what way? Like how the game is played, or let's, let's, let's focus on like as you've grown up, or like, like as, how's the game played here versus internationally? Um, is, is there style play that you, that you always see differently? Or? I mean, once you get to the international level from MLS, it's faster. And then once you get to the European level, it's even faster. Like it was even faster playing in the Premier League than it was playing with the national team, in my, in my opinion. Wow. And it was faster playing with the national team than it was playing in MLS to me at that time. So it's just being able to process information and like speed of play and being able to like have that good first touch, be able to like figure out what I want to do next, whether it's make a good pass, maybe it's cutting somebody. And then it's like, it's how, how fast you can do like your check downs like a quarterback does when you have the ball, you having these options. It's like, this ain't on, this ain't on go. Or the first option is this on stay with that. It's just trusting yourself. And, and the, it just kind of speeds up your thinking when you're around that kind of environment. Yeah. Look, looking back, um, is there anything you'd tell, and I know you have kids, so maybe it's something you'd tell your kids as advice, but in, is there anything looking back you would tell young Clint Dempsey to say, this, I should have done this differently? Man, I wish, honestly, I probably wouldn't have changed a thing because it worked out, but yeah. um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everything happens for a reason, but you just, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that's a like, tough question that to seems answer, like an answer. Really, man. That seems like a great answer there. <laughs> yeah, look at you now. That's uh, yeah, you did everything right. Um, so, I'm sure you get this question a lot. Um, you've scored a lot of goals. Do you remember what your most memorable goal that you scored was? My most memorable goal was scoring in the first World Cup that I ever played in. Because as a kid, I, like I told you, I was watching those VHS tapes and. That's what I dreamed about before I go to bed. That's what I pray about. I'd say, man, I hope one day that I could represent my country and I could score in a goal, be in a stadium, and kind of feel that energy and be up. And, and, and the goal that I did score was against Ghana in 2006, but it was like a lifeline for the team because we got, we got scored on first, and it was to tie the game up. And if we had uh, won that game, we ended up losing 2-1. They got, they got a penalty that I think should have been a penalty in that game. But... Uh, you're not bitter about that you know, at all. I'm not bitter about that at all. I don't think about that. But, um, you know, that was one of the best feelings in my world. It's like, man, I, I can make it at the highest level. That's what gave me that confidence. Like, okay, I've done it at the World Cup. I've scored in the World Cup. Like, I got to keep going. And just that feeling you get when you score a goal for your country, man, you feel like you can run through a brick wall. So, I mean, I wish everybody could feel something like that in their lifetime. Well, I think we have it if we can play it real fast. Take it in back. Can you, can, can you still do that dance? Huh? Can you still do that victory dance? Man, I don't know, man. These kids are kind of old, man. Uh, but that, that, was, that was the heel toe. I mean, kids don't even know about the heel toe. And bring back memories that you remember every oh, second yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, great ball in from, from B's. Uh, it was kind of one of those things that I wasn't even thinking when it came across because the repetition kind of got you ready for that moment. And I just knew... Man, I was going. I was going to hit it hard, hit it low, and it was. And it was going to. It's going to be tough for the keeper to, to try to save that one. So it just happened to be a great ball. And I think when you don't think too much and you just trust your instincts and, and your repetition that you've done, things kind of fall into place. And that was a big moment for me. Yeah, huge. That's. So was there ever a point, you know, that that you either doubted yourself or that you wanted to quit playing? 
there's plenty of times that you doubt yourself. There's plenty of times that you fall down, you got to get back up, and how bad do you want it? There's injuries. I mean, I remember I was in high school. I had to get uh, knee surgery going in my senior year, and, uh, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen, how, how everything's going to pan out. I remember, I remember I getting some holy water and rubbing it on my, on my knee when I was making a comeback, <laughs> man, and, uh, and just doing the rehab and, and trying to t- take care of yourself. You just don't know what's going to happen. And through your career, it's like things kind of worked out. Like I kind of stayed at college a little bit longer than, than I, when I wanted to. I, I, but by staying there, it allowed me to, to get drafted to the team I got drafted to, which was with the revolution with Steve Nichol and Paul Mariner. May Paul rest in peace. He passed away uh, uh, this year. But uh, they, they allowed young players to kind of come, come into the team and, and, and get a chance. And without getting that chance, my rookie season, I wouldn't have even broke into the national team. And by breaking into the national team, that's what allowed me to get into the World Cup qualifiers to accomplish what I've told you was my p- most important goal. So, hmm. At every level you went, was there a moment of doubt? Like, you know, you made the World Cup team or then, you yeah. know, the first time you played, you know, in the English Premier League. At every yeah. level you kind of well, I mean, had going, going in that World Cup, I mean, that, that year, that January camp, it was kind of, I wasn't even the main guy that was supposed to be on the team. And I was kind of like, if you're in January camp, that basically means the European, European players aren't going to be there and you're just kind of fighting for scraps and you're trying to prove that you should be a guy that's, that got us selected. And I ended up, like, working hard and, and, and being able to, to get into that team. But going into the send-off games, I had, I had to get an epidural on my back because I, I was having, like, in my L3, L4 area, it was, like, some inflammation. It was causing, like, some tingling to go down, go down my legs. And so not knowing, like, is this injection going to work? Is this going to make it to where I can play and go to the World Cup? Because that, that's my dream. So there was doubt there. But it, it ended up working out. I ended up being able to get fit and, and, and play in the World Cup, like I said. I mean, and then it's like... When you're playing, it's just, there's always going to be stuff that happens. It's crazy, but it's like, it's how you adapt. You always have to be able to, like, try to make the best of the worst situation and just have the right mindset of don't get too high, don't get too low. Like, like, like stay the course and, and stay focused. Remember what your why is, like, what motivates you. Like, for me, I always, like, want to take care of my family. So, but that was my why. Hmm. And one thing I was going to ask, but I think you've probably answered, is the, the most important thing. Because, like I said, you've you sat here, you know, and we talked back there a little bit, like, you know, every year for your banquet, you've been in this exact situation um, and grown up, and, and, and obviously we've learned that it worked out for you. Um, what's, is, what's the most important thing for players to remember, like, personally on their journey? I mean, I think some of the stuff we talked about earlier is just yeah. stay focused. Don't lose track. Don't, you know... You, you got to make sacrifices if you want to be great at something. It's hard because you got friends. They want to go do this. They want to go party. They want to go, you know, play Nintendo. Not to say that I didn't do those things. You know what I'm saying? It's just finding the right balance in, in terms of, like, being, being smart, doing what you got to do, put it in the work. Because the work you put in is the work you're going to get out. And staying confident in yourself. When no one believes in you, you got to believe in yourself. And, like, the people who start out on top, that maybe hit puberty first or faster than you, stronger than you. You just got to stay the course, man. You got to trust yourself. You got to, you know, always believe because it's easy to kind of get down and say, man, this ain't for me or I'm going to give up. Like, why are these, everybody faster than me or bigger than me or, or this or that, getting breaks that I'm not getting. Like, I remember trying out for teams and not making them. 
especially like when I go to regional camp, back in the day we used to do ODP. I don't even know if y'all do that anymore, if that's even a big thing. But it was like I go to region three and I get up and to, and to be able to go there, I go around the town asking for money. So I like go to like these businesses and be like, hey, they got this camp coming up. They're like, what's that? Uh, you know what I mean? They're like from a small town. Like, you want to give you money and go play some soccer? I was like, yeah. It's tax deductible. Hook a brother up. And, and that's football country you know down I mean? there, too. They probably... But, uh, you know, then I'd go do it, and then I wouldn't make it. And I got to come back and tell everybody, like, how did it go? And you're just like, well, it didn't work out for me. Uh, <laughs> there'd be like a, three or four days. You'd be like, man, I'm, I'm kind of burned out. And then the next day hit, you're like, man, I got to get back on my grind again. Like, I got to prove them wrong. Like, like I got, I, this is, I, I love it. So I wouldn't want to do anything else. Yeah. So I think going through failure, going through tough times is what, who makes you like, just because it's easy all the time. If your team's winning all the time, you know, that ain't really it for me. I love winning. I love, but I hate losing more, but you're going, you're going to take L's in your life. You're going to take hard times. It's how you adapt. And, and for me, it's just like, stay the course, stay confident. That's, that's, that's huge. Even when no one else believes in you, got to believe in yourself. Yeah, that's, I, th- I think it's incredible that the, the biggest thing I kind of took away from that was, and it would, you know, you're, you're asking businesses for money to, to go play. And I think we, we, most of us have a pretty, pretty nice things. You know, we, we, our parents can take us there. Um, and we talk about, you know, you find your why, you find your passion. Like yeah. You're knocking on business's door, begging for money just to go play a sport and then not make it. And then you have to do it again. Like that's, yeah. that's to me, that's, that's absolutely incredible of, of that, that level, that, that mentality that you had. Um, to, to keep in the next level. I mean, that's, that's incredible. So um, hopefully everyone takes, takes that little, takes that nugget away there. Um, so a couple, couple few quick questions. Um, is the English, English Premier League the best league in the world? Man, <laughs> like, it's hard to, dis, to, to dispute that. I mean, they got, you know, some of the best players in the world and from top to bottom, you know, it's it's very it's very competitive. There's a lot of money over there in teams, and they're able to do, you know, make really strong rosters. Um, in terms of style, if there was a league that I could have said I wish I got to play in during my career. Would have been playing in Spain. Um, I just I just like the way that the, like the way that they play. It would have been awesome to experience what it was like to be to be in that league. But just for me being. Not to say that it's not going to get to that level here, but like being in Europe, being somewhere where the game that you love was valued the same as everybody else around you. And like when you turned on the news, it can be a gift and it can be a curse, but it's either going to be highlights of you doing good or it's going to be highlights of your team doing bad. And it's like, how do you deal with that pressure? And uh, for me, top to bottom, it's it's hard to dispute. I I think it's competitively, I think it's it's the the best league in the world. Who's you, I mean, you play for two teams though? So who do you cheer for now? I mean, I cheer. I cheer for both of them. To yeah. be honest with you, yeah. I mean, you want to see anybody that you're a part of do well. Yeah. So whether it's the Revolution, whether it's Fulham, whether it's Tottenham, whether it's Seattle, like whether it's your college team, whether it's your club team, whatever, whether it's your home city, home state, like I feel like you always got to represent where you're from and what you're a part of, and uh, and wish everybody the best. But you know, it's. 
it's different not, now not being there as much. So maybe you're not as invested in it. Because when you're on it, man, it's like, man, we want to do good. Like, yeah. you don't want to get relegated. Like, you don't want to be going down to the championship. No offense to the teams that are over there. But it's like, you want to be in the big show. You want to be playing against the best players, the best teams, week in and week out. Yeah. Well, we have two questions from, from the audience here. Um, we'll answer those here real fast. Um, where are we at with the questions here? Who's asking the questions? Yeah, come on. Hey, tell us your name and what club you're with. I'm Parker Senior, and I play for Rochester What's up, Clint? Nice to meet you. Hey. Mr. Dempsey, uh, what is the most uh, critical mistake you see in players that strive to play professionally? Dang, that's a good question. Um, most critical mistake? I would say l- l- to lose how you fell in love with the game, t- like how you, like what, the reason why you love the game, to not be true to yourself and, and play that style. I think that with a coach, you have to adapt your game and different teams, you're going to have to take a little bit of that. You're going to have to take that information and, and, and play. But I think if, like, you like taking on people and they're telling you always just one and two touch, like, you got to figure out ways, moments that you can do it. And it's like money in the bank. Like, you do some good passes, and then after you've done a few good passes, you're in the attacking third, and you got time, you got, you know, nobody to pass to, and you got a man to beat. Then take somebody on, take a risk. And if you lose the ball, try to win it back. You know what I'm saying? And then make some more passes, make some more passes, steal the ball a little bit, and then try it again. I think to, to, to be scared of failing is the worst mistake a lot of kids can make because everybody's going to fail. But if you do make a mistake, it's how you react to get the ball back for the team or what are you doing in your next, the next times you get on the ball. But, but remember why you fell in love with the game. And if you do that, shoot, I, I just think it all work out for you. What, what, what's your name? What club are you with? Kiara um, O'Connor in Colorado Rough. What's up? You got this. <laughs> you got this. Who's the best player you've played with in your career? Dang, that's a good question, too. Uh, probably the best player that I played with, I would say it was Gareth Bell that year that I was at Tottenham. He was just, it was on fire. He could run as fast, like, with the ball that he could without it. Um, but I would say my favorite teammate that I to play with, and we had the chemistry of playing up over Femme Martins when I was at Seattle. It was like we were, it was like we were playing pickup like with each other they, we just knew what each other were going to do and we had that connection but those would probably be the two two players that stood out the most for me thank you all right Clint um you want to say thank you like it's it's been it's been incredible um and any any last words and then we're going to take a quick picture but any last words um for, for all these players here, we got the, the parents, we got people watching at yeah. home. Yeah. Um, well, I know y'all are here, y'all got some big games coming up and you got people watching, you got a lot of pressure on your shoulders. What I'd say to y'all is, that's what I used to do, you don't have to do it. But I look myself in the mirror, I'd be like, man, control what you can control. That's how hard you work and 
and, and what you put into the game. Sometimes you're not going to get the bounces. Sometimes, like, luck is not going to be on your side. But if you're sitting there stressing about all the things that you can't control, that's just wasted energy. And you're going to need your energy so that you're able to get around the field and make stuff happen. So that was a big thing for me going into big games is no, like, the confidence you got is from the training you've already done to get here. Like, like the money's already in the bank. Like, now it's go, about to go, like, go live it up. Go get on the field and, and, and do your thing. So that, that, that's, that's my advice I'd give y'all is go out there, be confident, control the things that you can, and, and don't worry about the rest. And shoot, if you're, tired and it, if you're tired and you left it all out there, shoot, it's in God's hands. Awesome. Clinton Dempsey, a round of applause. Hey, Thanks, brother, man. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it, y'all. Appreciate it, y'all. All the best. Here we go.